This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton, and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF News. Mostly sunny today, high near 75. Mostly cloudy tonight, low around 56. Friday will be. Bob Joseph, this is Binghamton Now for Thursday, October 26, 2023. Good morning. Thank you for joining us as we begin another three-hour episode in live radio. There is no script. There are no talking points. Where will we be at noon today? Stay tuned. Find out host takes you on a broadcast adventure at 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, streaming WNBF.com. We're open to um, discussing about anything today. If you have things that come to mind, by all means, participate. Uh, Early voting in New York State will begin in less than 48 hours. So if you feel the inclination to vote early, you'll be able to do that starting Saturday if you're registered. So, all the campaigns will be in high gear for early voting and then, of course, Election Day, November 7th. So, we can talk about that. We can also discuss the new Speaker of the House of Representatives, Mike Johnson of Louisiana. Congratulations to Congressman Johnson. Great picture on the front page of the New York Times this morning. Um, it's maybe the most prominent picture of a Binghamton University graduate I've ever seen on the front page of the New York Times, the world's best newspaper. Uh, Hakeem Jeffries, photo of Hakeem Jeffries, Binghamton University graduate, is seen on the left side of the front page, well above the fold, as uh, Representative Hakeem Jeffries presents the House gavel to Mike Johnson of Louisiana, the new Speaker of the House. So, congratulations to, again, Congressman Jeffries. Well, no. First, foremost, Congressman Johnson, but also congratulations to Congressman Jeffries. If I was him, I would set aside a copy of today's New York Times. 
sort of a collector's item. GOP elect speaker ending bitter feud. Party rallies around Johnson, a little-known Louisianan, after three weeks of turmoil. So now it's time to return to the business of the American people. 9.13 WNBF, let's take a phone call. This is the first caller on our Thursday program. Good morning, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Good morning there, Bob. It's uh, Dave from Vestal. Hey, um, anything we want, huh, Bob, we can talk about? <laughs> let's. No, of course. Wait. Oh, 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 oh. If I say anything you want, it's like everything in life. Some restrictions apply. So, yes, I say in the opening of the program, you can talk about anything you want. Most times I say virtually anything or almost anything, but yes, as is the case in everything in life, some restrictions apply and uh, void were prohibited. I, okay, Bob. Yeah, I was just kidding anyway. So, hey, um, yeah, let's rewind uh, to yesterday. You were placing uh, a lot of emphasis on Donald Trump lying to the people around him, and you emphasized lying about the election. And, Bob, if you actually believe something, I, I don't consider that lying. It may not be a fact, but that's not considered lying. And if you were a fair-minded guy, Bob, if you want to talk about lying, and I know you know what I'm going to say, you could spend probably two full shows on discussing all the lies <laughs> that Biden has said since he's been in office. A ton of them, Bob. So remember that. And I always thought you were a fair-minded guy, so I want to see if you spend at least one show talking about his lies. No. No? Who wants to hear that? Let's talk about alternative facts. You're saying it's a falsehood, and they're giving Sean Spicer, our press secretary, gave alternative facts to that. <laughs> so that, <laughs> that that shows, and that happens, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that happened less than 48 hours into the former guys. Well, then he was the current guy. Uh, the guy who was in charge at the time, less than 48 hours after he is sworn in, in January of 2017, he has his minions going out and spewing live lies on TV, radio, and the Internet. Again, Bob, if you actually believe something, can you consider it a lie? Absolutely. If it's a lie, it's a lie. Uh, we could debate that, Bob, because there's a difference between a lie and a fact. You, something can be factual, but you can actually believe the opposite. Your heart can actually believe the opposite. So therefore, technically, you would not be lying. Mm, no, technically, it's still a lie. You may be delusional, maybe somehow, <laughs> somehow, you clicked your heels and said, I won. You could click your heels as much as you want, but if you lost by nearly 8 million votes, the fact is you lost. And if you go forward, even after clicking your heels and saying, uh, I wish it were true, I wish they didn't fire me, well, click your heels all you want, you still are 
figuratively speaking, living in a cardboard box at Mar-a-Lago. You know, it's, you can lie about it if you want, and if it makes you feel better to tell your loyal supporters that it was rigged or the election was stolen, doesn't mean it's not a lie. I mean, you can, you know, some people think if you say something enough, repeated enough, then su- suddenly that becomes the truth. And maybe that's what Kellyanne Conway was talking about when she discussed the need for that team to use alternative facts instead of dealing with the truth. Maybe maybe the theory was, and she probably knew going forward, that there would be hundreds, thousands, maybe millions of times where the cold, hard reality facing her team would require the implementation of the alternative facts plan, the AFP. Well, we don't want to rehash facts on I know about, but there were things that, that did happen that led you to believe that something was going on. I mean, we saw video of them pulling cases out when they shut the place down for voting. No more counting till morning, they said. But then they pulled cases out and kept counting anyways without anybody watching. I think that was in Georgia where they claimed that they had a flood from a a, a leak. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, things like that, Bob. Stuff like that happened. And And that leads you to believe things went on. So, I mean... Well, it led some, no, it led some people to believe that things went on. The uh, savvy news consumer knew what was going on. The savvy news consumer knew that this is all part of presidential propaganda that had been going on well before the election. The groundwork was being laid well before the November 2020, excuse me, the November, was it 2020? Starting to keep track. The November 2020 election, he, he and his um, merry band of um, prevaricators knew there was a, a real possibility he could lose, not just by a little, but by a lot. And so that's why they spent so much time ahead of time trying to plant the seeds of doubt, even before the first vote was cast. How about voting machines running out of paper before lunchtime and then they don't have, they don't have any, no backup, Bob. You know, it's been more than a thousand days that this has been going on. So obviously it uh, apparently shall not ever end. One thousand days of the big lie. One thousand days. Yeah. It's one of the longest, biggest lies in the history of America. Well, well we're going to have to. Yeah, I know. I mean, in what what is going on now, and here we are, just uh, a little over a year ahead of the 2024 presidential election. The groundwork is being laid again for for people, and unfortunately, this time it's not likely to be only Republicans, but Republicans, Democrats, and even people not affiliated with major parties. They're going to doubt the outcome of the election. So, if it doesn't go their way. There are likely to be tens of millions of Americans who will say it was rigged or it was stolen. And that that's a real present danger. So we look ahead to the 2024 election. It's not so much whether the Republican or Democratic candidate wins. It's what will the response be of the people who supported the loser. 
Especially if Trump wins, Bob, because if Trump wins... <laughs> I'm telling you, though, even if he wins or even if he loses, it's going to be a problem. And people who continue, who won't accept the results three years after the election, they're part of the problem. Yeah, well, 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 I, you know, so, so when the super insurrection happens in January 2025, and again, since we have no idea how the election will go next year, in fact, the reality is the people you think or the people I think will be, um, the presidential candidates of the major parties may, in fact, have no role in the proceedings. A lot can happen over the next 12 months. Regardless of how the election turns out, there are going to be people who doubt the results. There will be more election deniers and more people who will probably, unfortunately, want to go to Washington to raise hell when when Congress is preparing to certify the results of the 2024 election. That, I think, is a, a bigger concern than any one person any particular person winning the election next year, it's what are the sore losers going to do? Right. And you see the difference, Bob, though, in the response. I mean, okay, they went and raised hell there at the Capitol. They did that. But, Bob, you know what the Democrats are known for? Looting, robbing, burning. Uh, people. Get, that's what's going to happen if Trump wins. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter if Trump wins, if anybody wins. Republican, Democrat, Independent, RFK Jr., um, who? Uh, Taylor Swift. Well, no, she would be a candidate who would unite us. Republicans and Democrats, Independents, Progressives, Conservatives, everybody would support her. But that's the only solution. America needs Taylor Swift next year as the unification candidate. Much more destruction as Trump wins, Bob. Much more. Mm, there's no way to prove it. You know, the destruction and the chaos that ensued on January 6, 2021 was so disgusting, so disturbing, so over the top. Let's all hope as Americans that something like that will never, ever happen again. Appreciate your call at 923. Let's take another call. On WNBF. Good morning. You're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Oh, Bob. This is uh, Carol from JC. Hi. Hi. I, I I haven't called in a while. Are we on the air? Yes. Oh, yes. This is the this. You're on the radio show. Good morning, oh, Carol okay. from Johnson City. Good Welcome. Morning. Well, I called about to talk about you know my favorite subject, based of all, but I wanted to make a Hakeem Jeffries comment. It, I, I I was really. Me- angry uh, just that you kept pushing him he's a democrat why would the republicans who are in majority want a democrat the thing that i upsets me the most and there's a close second but i don't know what it is for sure yet uh probably the stopping of the uh the the gas line when biden became president but they are pro-abortion why why would you be pushing jeffries when and i'm gonna i know i'm repeating myself the Republicans are in majority, pro-life, and you, you're pushing like a pro-abortion guy to be the speaker. Uh, has that ever happened? That uh, that the non-majority uh, people have a speaker that is from the opposite uh, 
<laughs> the opposite party. No, it's never happened. That's why it would be so exciting. Can you no, imagine? Can, can, can you imagine if Marcus Molinero said he could call into the program and say, "Bob, I've decided because Congress has been in chaos for nearly a month, I've decided to support." My fellow New Yorker, Hakeem Jeffries, Binghamton University graduate, one of the smartest guys in the New York congressional delegation. I don't and care. In, in an effort to show unity, to bring America together, I encourage my Republican colleagues to support Hakeem Jeffries for speaker. I say I'm nuts to that. <laughs> but... uh the other thing, I, I, this is like a secondary, like, this is like a, a, a 1A and a 1B, but number two. Well, I should say number one should be the baseball thing, but anyway, I got an A and a B. Uh, I just had to make a question, a, a comment, I mean, about uh, uh, Taylor Swift and all these other performers that we see on television exposing skin, uh, fireworks, outrageous dancing, uh, you know, all this spectacular background. Back in the 50s, before television, and, and uh, not even uh, magazines, you know, featuring you know, movie stars, we never knew what these people looked like. We knew their voice. That's, that's how they became popular, strictly based on their voice and how they presented their music. And it's like some stuff that's going on now is such a far cry from actual talent. <laughs> I will say that they are talented, but... A lot of it is just the sensationalism of their presentation. Okay, so now I'll talk about baseball. I spent at the ballpark, at the ballpark, listen to me, at the senior center. I'm regressing to my old days of being on first base bleachers. Uh, I was there from like 10 of, nine in the, 10 of 10 in the morning till like almost 3 or 3.30. And I was taking in everything. I was so excited. I got to talk to uh, Mrs. Munson, and uh, she got pulled away to go talk to somebody else. But I talked for a while to her son and just relating, I don't know, so many things about baseball, like the ballpark. In fact, when I used to go over to uh, the uh, parking lot, when I'd go to lunch sometime at the senior center, uh, well, also, I have to back up a little bit. The, at Dunkin' Donuts on Reynolds Road is a great big, huge picture of what, like a smaller picture version was of what they had at the presentation showing the aerial view of the ballpark. I was always interested in trying to figure out where in heck the um, pitcher's mound was. And if my grandmother lived on the corner of Plymouth and Brockton, I think I said this before. She rented rooms to the ball players in the late 50s and early 60s. And so I was looking at that picture, and there's, well, I went down the street, and there's actually four houses left of the um, seven that were there originally. And there could have been eight, but my cousin's house was the last house on Plymouth, but it was actually Plymouth and Rutland. And the right field side had a gate where you could drive in if they had to drive anything in. So there could have been uh, four more houses as opposed to just three more. So, like I say, I was... <laughs> Are you still there? Because I'm talking so much. Yeah, I didn't want to interrupt. <laughs> God bless you. Uh, the My interest, like I said, 
always lied with uh, where the heck the pitcher's mound was. And I was trying to line up the pitcher's mound, you know, with the pictures, like the aerial view. But I know that the right field, I'm sorry, not the right field, the outfield is exactly the same. If you're going west on uh, 17, if you're going west on 17, and you're looking to those houses on your right-hand side, that is exactly the same boundary line as it was when the baseball field was there. Because there's a pump house on the corner of uh, North Broad and North Street that could not possibly have been moved. So the pump house is still there. Therefore, the boundaries of the backyards. Maybe they. Oh, the- I love that pump house. Of all the yeah, pump well, houses in Johnson City, that is the pumpiest. Well, back in the, I would say the 40s and the 50s, uh, that when listening to the game on the radio, they would always be announcing, and there goes the home run over the pump house in left field. And I just always remember them, you know, actually, you know, designating that location. And so those houses property is actually going west is exactly where the outfield fence was. If you look, you know, to your right as you're going west, then I'm trying to figure out the space of the median and then backing up even uh, so if you're driving uh, east, you know, and looking down at the senior center, you're probably looking at the infield or maybe even closer to the pitcher's mound. And I sort of panicked for a second when they were going to unveil home plate. <laughs> and I'm laughing at myself because I said, and, and Roger, I was talking, I have to say this, Roger Neal is such a sweetheart. He is so funny without even realizing he's being funny. It's his dry humor. I'm, I'm laughing now just thinking about it. Before they unveiled it, I was saying, I hope they have home plate facing in the right direction. And Roger said, if it is, don't say anything for at least 10 minutes. <laughs> Wasn't that you're not laughing. That's funny. I think that's, well, maybe it's baseball. You don't know. I I could be it's laughing heartily. I just, I mute the mic so so as not to interrupt. Well, that, that's that's okay. But I I was in my glory with all these people talking about baseball. I, I loved every minute of it. Well, I and wish I could have been there. But, but, you know, they intentionally scheduled it during the program. So I missed the entire ceremony. How do you oh. think I feel? Well, here's the other thing I wanted to ask about you. You really, oh, Dave Hamburg, when he called, I hung on every word that guy said. I, I, I always liked him. I, I, I could say I love Dave Hamburg. I went a couple times to, to visit him when he was working for, was it the, the state, New York State? He was the communications guy, wasn't he? He didn't even talk about that. Well, what's, what's to say? Well, uh, First right. of all, he probably has a non-disclosure agreement, so even... Even if that was brought up, do you think he could talk about it on the air? What do you mean about baseball? I, I was no about to... the other thing. I'm not oh. even going to say it. I oh. I don't want trouble. Oh well, no. I last I really thing don't... I need is for Melissa DeRosa to come here and punch me in the. Well, I'm I'm being really dumb nose. now because I don't know what you're referring well, to. Well, that's anyway, that's okay. Just... Suffice it to say. Suffice it to say, I know what not to bring up on the program. I don't want no. Melissa DeRosa to devote a chapter to me in her next book, in her next tell-all. Well, I just, like I say, hung on every word that, that Dave said, and I can't wait to possibly bump into him as a future game or whatever. 
Well, I'm not going to let any cats out of the bag. I'll just tell you, if you're listening to the program next month, you'll hear Dave Hamburg again. We'll talk more about baseball. Well, That's all I can say. Could I just say one more one more thing? The beginning of your conversation, I don't know who all heard it, but it actually startled me and got me thinking. So I'm not really going to you know, comment on that. But I... You know, the wheels were turning about what you were referring to potentially happening. The other thing that you said, which really surprised me, was when you hardly, when you said you hardly remember, like, what the ballpark looked like on the inside. So that means you hadn't been to, like, that many games as a kid? As I said, I I think I was to one or two games in the final season. So wasn't wasn't as though I was a regular. I, I think I was just lucky to get in under the wire before uh, Nelson Rockefeller tore the dump down. Well, when I was when I was going to the games, it was like sixty five cents for adults, but that was if you sat in the bleachers. The first, and the first base bleachers were just a flat board that you sat on and a flat board that you leaned on. There were no. No, I, rem- I, I remember enough that it. Let's let's put it this way to put it in some context. There's definitely no. Binghamton Municipal Stadium. We'll just put it that way. It was it was talking, was pretty pretty lean. Well, we're talking 1913. Oh, I know, I know. I'm I'm not criticizing. I'm just saying that what what Johnson Field was, and it was sufficient for 55 years. But what Johnson Field was is in no way comparable to Binghamton's Municipal Stadium. Well, okay. I mean, the only thing, the only similarity they have is they. Uh, being both in Broome County and both hosting baseball games. Well, I have to just I keep thinking of more and more things to say. Uh, we used to sit, I two two sisters uh, that were two ladies that were sisters that uh, lived near me, and we were always at the games. And uh, like I said. You know, regular price for adult, well, 18, you know, what was 65 cents. But they had Ladies' Day on Tuesday, which was 25 cents. 25 cents Ladies' Day. It was great. And the, there were three ladies that sat together all the time. I don't want to say any last names, uh, you know, because uh, I just don't want to say the last name. But there's one lady and then another lady who had a cowbell. And I don't know if anyone's old enough to remember a cowbell always sounding from, from first base. I'll say think. this. Can I say her name? No. Okay. But I'll and say then, this about cowbells. Anybody who brings a cowbell to a sporting event ought to be ejected. Well, first base was never crowded. <laughs> and there were hardly any people that were sitting around us. And this was the one they... they tore the place down the 68 was the last season well already the crowd was diminishing uh, so uh especially during the week especially during the week but you know the grandstand was always uh, filled up but one more important thing that i have to say one of the other ladies that the third lady was as the 2016 little league fellows won the world series the little league world series one of the players on the team that was his grandmother either his grandmother or his great grandmother and because I remembered uh, her name, of course, and when I heard them going through the uh, the names of the kids on the team, it was exactly the same. And I think I talked to him when uh, uh, Mr. Quagliata has his uh, sports banquet. He uh, AJQ Enterprises or 
uh, you know, I'm not sure if it's Enterprises, but um, I talked to one of the, when they awarded in 2017 banquet, they awarded them induction into the uh, Sports Hall of Fame. I talked to one of the boys that, trying to find out if that was, you know, I seeked him out based on the name to find out if that was actually his grandmother, but he wasn't sure because I think it could have been his great grandmother. And, and he was, you know, younger. And when you're that age, you don't always pay attention to ancestry type of thing. So, All right. Well, we covered a lot of ground. I appreciate the call. And remember, WNBF is your favorite station. On baseball. I'm not sure what that meant. WNBF is your favorite station. Period. Hard stop. This is WNBF, 92.1 FM, 1290 AM. Remember, it's your favorite radio station for baseball and everything. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Reserve your new Toyota at Galt Toyota. WNBF at 9.41. Let's go to the west side. Gary, you're on the air. Hey, Bob, I want to talk about the new park in uh, Kirkwood, but I just realized from uh, the previous caller when you were talking about uh, what shouldn't be allowed in baseball stadium, you just kicked me out of the stadium with no uh, cowbells. I've been known to uh, use a cowbell now and then in, in that stadium. And as a matter of fact, the B-Mets, sold me my cowbell right there in the stadium. And it has a little B-Mets insignia on it. So why why are cowbells not a thing that you like? Because they're irritating. Who wants to hear it? I, I go to the game. This is all I want. I'm a purist. I want to go to a game. I want to watch the game. I don't want to hear cowbells, uh, people whistling, uh, people swearing, uh, amplified music. If there's going to be music, it ought to be on the organ. It ought to be performed live by a professional organist if there must be music. If there's going to be music, it ought to be used with discretion. I want the game to play out. I don't want to see funny videos. I don't want to see people doing stupid things. Pardon the expression. Stupid things on the field between innings. I just want a focus on the game. Could we have just one game, Gary, next season called the old-fashioned baseball game where you don't have amplified music, you don't have dumb antics, you don't shut off the video screen, just have a scoreboard up there, make it look like the scoreboard at Fenway. They can do it. 
with their digital technology. It would take about 30 seconds to set that up and call it an old-fashioned day at the ballpark because Bob wants an old-fashioned game. And there'll be no cowbells. There'll be nothing except just good old-fashioned baseball. And Cracker Jacks. Uh, you know, I, I agree with that. I, I would go for that. I would put a muffler on my cowbell. In fact, I'd leave it in my car. I wouldn't bring it into the stadium. I would love that, too. I would definitely love that. I would go because to that game. I don't care if they do just one, one game a season. Would it hurt them to do just, you know, throw me a bone? Just throw me a bone. One home game every season. Do it during the middle of the week, even an afternoon, like a, a Tuesday game where you don't think many people are going to show up, do an afternoon game, say, here you go, Bob, Mr. Big Shot, Mr. Whiny, you know, you don't like the noise, we get it, we get it, here you go, now, do it in April when it's probably going to be uh, 36 degrees and they would have an attendance anyway uh, approaching 17 so just do it. They wouldn't lose any money. They wouldn't lose any money to speak of. Well, you know, I mean, you got a point. It, remember when, like, baseball is a game of strategy. Remember when, like, there'd be a man on second and, you know, there's some strategy involved and you'd go to turn to your, uh, the person sitting next to you, the friend that you went with, and you wanted to discuss what's going on. But you can't because they're playing this music that is so loud you can't even understand. The person that you're talking to is pointing to his ears going, I can't hear you. you know, I mean, I agree. I would love to go to that game. But All right. Bob, we'll we'll go together. I'll pay for your ticket. If, in, now, if the oh, people... I don't pay anyway. I just speak. Well, whatever. Way. Whatever. I'll pay for your ticket anyway. This is my pledge. If they do one old-fashioned game next year, but it can't be between 9 and noon, if they try to... Oh, Bob wants an old-fashioned game with no noise. We'll, we'll show him. We'll do one of those 11 o'clock starts. No, I have to be here at the studio <laughs> until noon. So don't start the game before 105. Just, and just test it. Just try it once. If, if people say, ooh, we hated that. It was so foreign and, and it would be so weird. And yet, in some cases, such a throwback. You know what? You know how minor league teams crave national attention? That game, a throwback game, without amplified uh, music and without crazy antics on the field and people tossing. what and They're always tossing stuff at me, too. Don't toss stuff at me. I, I've got enough. Hot dogs. Tossing hot dogs. No, don't. No tossing hot dogs. Cold hot dogs. Don't toss hot dogs, T-shirts, uh, anything. Just let us let the game play out for two and a half hours. Would it would it be that difficult? And you know what? They're not going to do it because I don't know. Because minor league baseball, that's why. Oh yeah, minor be, league baseball well, because no, be, you know, and now because of minor league baseball being in bed with major league baseball. I mean that figuratively. That means uh, the commissioner Rob. What's his face from Utica would probably veto it and say, "Ooh, that's not in the best interest of baseball in 2024." Well, if Rob, the commissioner, ever dared to show up here in the studio, I'd tell him to his face, "Feel free to experiment with something different, even if it's just one game a season." You know, I understand. I, I By the way, I understand. By the way, just so people, just so people know, I understand what baseball has morphed into. That. That's it's 
so I'm not being critical of the presentation per se. I'm just saying just one game, one lousy game during the season, even early season, when the uh, temperature at uh, first pitch is is 33 degrees and we're all freezing. Just do it. Try it. You'll like it. Plus, you'll get national attention. I guarantee. You would. The New York Times. Well, New York Times won't do it because they fired their sports section. The New York Post would do a story about it, I bet. Yeah, I think it would be good. Bob, how about that new park out there in Kirkwood? I think it's. What do you mean? I just saw a a news. Well, there's a news story I saw today. Uh, I know nothing about it. Tell me about this park. There's a park in Kirkwood. Uh, yep. I don't know exactly where it is. I didn't get that information, but it's uh, what they call an all-inclusive park. Now, it's not what you think, but it's more along the lines of the park that uh, is very dear to my heart, Rec Park, where it has uh, access for handicapped people. Right. So people that have disabilities, whatever they may be, can use this park like so some of the rides you know they have where people in wheelchairs can get on them and stuff like that and i think and i'm not sure because they didn't say this but it was also like they have uh oh like people who have problems with loud noises and and stuff that goes on uh i forget the term sounds like it's a place for me if it's a quiet park i'll go there maybe no cowbells bob they have a song thing no cowbells (laughs) but but i'm telling you it is you know it, it just seemed like a really it's a miniature rec park as far as that goes as far as the accessibility of handicapped people i've seen bob Handicapped people use that rec park. And I'll tell you what, nothing, you know, it, it, it's so touching to me because you got somebody. Bob, just, just think of this. We experience things. We go back and forth on a swing. And it's just like, oh, this is this is a fun thing. It's pretty cool. We get that feeling of motion, right? But yet you got somebody that's sitting in a wheelchair looking right. at that. Going, well, I'm going to go out and I'll check out that park. Uh, you All cut right. me off. I was just uh, yeah. Unfortunately, I have commercials. Yeah, you got commercials. Yeah, right. I don't. I have Take no care, control. Bob. Yeah, if these commercials don't get on. Then I'm history. As Walter Cronkite would say, that's the way it is. This is Bob Joseph. I want to stay here at least till noon and beyond. WNBF. WNBF weather from the National Weather Service. Mostly sunny today, 75. Cloudy tonight, 56. Sunny tomorrow, 75. Partly sunny Saturday with a chance of afternoon showers, 73. Right now in downtown Binghamton, officially it's 54. That's 12 Celsius. This is WNBF. We'll be taking more of your calls on this Thursday morning. Looking forward to talking with you about the issues of grave concern. And also baseball and cowbells. It's all for you. Every weekday morning, Binghamton Now with Bob Joseph on WNBF. Bob Joseph. Oh, yeah. That's my name. Thank you for the reminder. You're listening to Binghamton Now, Thursday morning, 10 o'clock at WNBF. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. 
This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Mostly sunny today, high near 75. Mostly cloudy tonight, low around 56. Friday will be sunny with a high again near 75. A Binghamton man is in custody on kidnapping, contempt, and other charges after an extensive cross-county pursuit and manhunt entered in Tompkins County on Wednesday. Tuesday around 6 p.m., Broome County Sheriff's deputies and New York State Police responded to a domestic disturbance in Whitney Point involving a man and a woman who reportedly left the scene in a U-Haul moving van prior to the arrival of patrols. While en route to the scene, a responding Broome's Sheriff's deputy observed a U-Haul van matching the reported description traveling south on Route 12 in the town of Shenango. The deputy also recognized one of the individuals inside the van as Christopher Borges of Binghamton, who was known to have pending robbery charges from the city of Binghamton police. The deputy attempted to perform a traffic stop, but the driver failed to comply. The chase ended in Tompkins County when the vehicle ran out of fuel, driving off the roadway and over an embankment before finally coming to a stop in a wooded field near Route 79 in Deerfield Lane, west of Slaterville Springs. A passenger was taken into, taken into custody at the site of the stopped U-Haul by Broom and Tompkins Sheriff's deputies, but Borges fled into the surrounding wood line. Around 10 a.m. on Wednesday, a community member notified the Tompkins County Sheriff's Office of a possible sighting of Borges in a dense, swampy area near the abandoned U-Haul van. Tompkins Sheriff's deputies subsequently took Borges into custody without incident. Traffic counts indicate several hundred people a week are using the new Route 434 Greenway. The two-and-a-half-mile shared-use pathway between Washington Street in Binghamton and Murray Hill Road in Vestal opened in early August. The Binghamton Metropolitan Transportation Study has been tracking Greenway use since the construction barricades were removed. Counters are set up at various points of the route to indicate how many people are using the $25.4 million Greenway on foot and by bike. The highest number of users recorded in a single day was 550. That was on September 3rd, the day before Labor Day. The agency will continue to track numbers in the coming months to determine whether the use will rise compared to the first few months of operation. A chart provided by BMTS shows dramatic differences in use so far this month with a high of 340 on October 1 to a low of 57 on October 14. BMTS has installed 13 bicycle, bicyclist and pedestrian counters across the Greenway Trail System in Broome and Tioga Counties. The long-established Vestal Rail Trail now averages more than 100 bicyclists and 500 pedestrians daily. Donald Trump was slapped with a $10,000 fine for violating a gag order after he was unexpectedly called to the witness stand in his New York fraud trial. Wednesday's courtroom drama previews the tensions mounting between Trump's competing legal and political interests as he vies for the Republican presidential nomination while facing a litany of criminal and civil cases. It also underscores how efforts to hold Trump accountable are testing the legal system in unprecedented ways as judges struggle with how to rein in the former president's inflammatory rhetoric while balancing the free speech rights of a political candidate. 
John Jeromek Jr., formerly of Franklin, appeared in Delaware County Court on Monday and was sentenced to a total of 10 years in state prison to be followed by 10 years of post-release supervision. The defendant had previously pled guilty to two counts of criminal sexual act in the second degree, Class D violent felonies, in August 25th of 2023. As part of his guilty plea, Jeromek admitted to sexually abusing a minor child in full satisfaction of a multi-count indictment that alleged sexual abuse against two separate children. Due to the nature of the case, the details of the case and identities of the victims are not being disclosed. On Monday, the defendant appeared for sentencing. Several members of the victim's families either made statements to the court or submitted written victim impact statements. Jeromek also made a statement. He was sentenced to a total of 10 years of incarceration to be followed by 10 years of post-release supervision. The court also issued orders of protection in favor of the two children for the next 13 years. The defendant will be mandated to register as a sex offender upon being released from prison. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF. Another big hour on the radio with Mom Joseph. Taking calls at 607-772-1290. Program is Binghamton now. We can talk about Binghamton and, of course, much, much more. Go ahead. Call in. Let's talk on News Radio, WNBF and WNBF.com. So excited. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Look forward uh, with fe- without fear, with anticipation. Do not be afraid. Let's go to the phones and see who's next on Binghamton now. Hi, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? Yes, good morning, Bob. I'm a first-time caller, and I'd like to talk about Gas prices. What's your, um, what's, your fir- what's your first name? Bob. From? Bob. B-O-B. Right. And what town? Uh, Johnson City. All right. So what do you think about the gas prices? Well, um, I'm going back to 911. And we've had a lot of crisis since then. And it seems as though every time the prices rise and then fall, Broome County seems to be the last to do so. We seem to be the ones hanging on with lower, higher prices than all the rest of the surrounding counties. Now, fast forward on that. Last night I had to go to Ithaca to my granddaughter's concert at the uh, Ithaca High School. And it went through a week old, turned on Route 38 North. 
and I'm going past a quick fill, of which I'm a customer, and I did a double take at the price. The price of gas at that quick fill per gallon was $4.39. Now, as a quick fill customer, with eight cents off, that's four thirty-one. A little past that was a Marabito station. Their total was four thirty-nine. I turned towards. Wait, what was their actual price? Their price for a gallon of gas. At which one, Quickfill or Marabito? Marabito. Four thirty-nine. Four thirty-nine. Four thirty-nine. For regular. And going For regular gas, you're telling me there's a place... That was advertised up on their marquee. $4.39. Yep. And where is this? Oh, we go. All right. I'm incredulous. I, I I can't believe that anybody today in Tioga County is selling a gallon of regular gas for... Well, you're a reporter. You can find out very easily what I'm telling you. Well, okay. Uh, Hey, I'm not disputing. If you saw it, it's. I wonder if somebody punched in the wrong number because uh, I was in a wee go last night, as it turns out. I drove past. um, What station did I drive past? You didn't go up past the Quitfield on 38, however. No, I had no occasion. No, nobody, right. nobody, nobody I needed to see last night was up that right. way. I was, I was in. Well, that was the 439. Heart. Yeah. Okay. Um, Marabito was 439. In Kansas, the price was, I'm uh, 439. All right. Three, well, I just can't. Uh, it's because I, in Kansas, it was 359. Right, now I just can't. I just can't polar. believe I went past one station last night in Owego. It was actually just outside the village in the town of Owego on Route 17C, and my recollection was the price was something like. And again, I'm thinking it was in the neighborhood of three sixty nine for people who are members, and three seventy nine for non members. That's my recollection. Mm-hmm. So I can't. I just can't believe anybody is selling gas today in Owego for above four dollars well, a gallon. Check, even on your smartphone, bring up the Quickville on Route Thirty Eight in Owego, and you see the price at three thirty nine a gallon. Yeah, but you've been telling me some stations are selling gas for over four dollars a gallon. I just don't see it. Well, no, I was wrong. Oh, okay. Well, thanks. Uh, well, thanks because but you're, you you caused me to almost shut down the program and drive out to Owego to find stations they're selling gas for above $4 a gallon. All right. Well, thanks for the clarification because you, you had me and millions of listeners wondering what is going on. So, okay. So, so bottom line is you think gas prices are too high. In Broome County, they're always the last to go lower. And I would wonder why. Uh, does someone have a franchise on these stations, or is it just through the company itself? Maybe as a reporter, you can find out and find out why prices are lower around us. But, yeah, we seem to be 
30, 40 cents higher than others around us. Well, I'll do better. I'll, I'll tell, not tell, I'll ask all the people in charge of gas companies to call in this hour between now and 11 to call 607-772-1290. If you run a, a company that sells gasoline or, or if you have your own store, uh, and you want to tell us about how you figure out gas prices in Binghamton or Owego, call in. And this would be a perfect opportunity. We'll all learn together. But, but at the same time, look up Quitville on Route 38 in Owego at its gas price. And what did you say it is? I mean, at first you were saying it was 439. Yeah, what is it I actually? Know. No, it was three. I believe it was 339 with eight cents off, 331. Well, anyway, no, you know what I'll say? There, there are two things in life that I can say. Gas prices are too darn high, and like that guy in New York City used I to say, agree. the rent the rent is too darn high. I can agree with that, too. Yep. So, okay, I appreciate your call. Thanks. Will you call in again? Uh, if I have a um, something to talk about, definitely. All right. Thank you. You're very welcome. Have a good day, Bob. You, too. We'll try to get some answers. And again... If you run uh, the gas businesses here in uh, Roman Tauga counties, because this is one of the enduring mysteries of life. I've solved most mysteries up to this point. The one, only mystery I haven't solved is gas prices. Why are gas prices so high? So if, if you know, if you control the gas prices at stations around here, uh, or even at a, a little store. I, I know um, there's a little store, and I won't embarrass them. I respect their privacy. But the, a little store, and for some reason, even though they're a little store, their gas prices are cheap. So that's where I go to get my gas. When I want gas, I'll go to the little store with cheap gas prices. But one time I asked the guy, how do you keep your gas prices so low? And he just had this mischievous smile basically said I can't tell you but have a good day <laughs> 1019 let's take another call good morning WNBF you're on the line what's uh, what's your first name where are you calling from good morning Bob this is Mike from Neville how are you today great what's up hey listen uh, you guys been kicking this can down the road here for about four weeks with these gas prices um, I, I gotta tell you it's, it's as obvious as the point on your face. There's only one company here in, in most of Binghamton that controls all the fuel that comes in and out of here and sells it at all these stations. Um, there's two other conglomerates that compete with them, but when they're getting the highest prices in the world, they're sure are not going to lower their prices for anybody else. So until that monopoly finally changes, um, they own the tanks over there in Vestal. I mean, you know, we all know the name. Well, sure. Right. Well, and I, I think I said yesterday, my theory was they, uh, they run the numbers and they figure out how much we can afford. So somebody was saying, uh, in Cortland and Homer, the prices are cheaper than in Binghamton. And my theory is they run the numbers and they, they figure out how much people in Binghamton or Endicott or Vestal can afford versus how much people in Cortland and Homer can afford. And I think, I think their calculation is here in the triple cities, we can afford to pay more, so they'll charge more. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. No doubt. And, you know, the other part of this is, too, 
I think that this covers the exuberant uh, minimum wage fees that keep going up all the time. A lot of that dollar and cent overhead comes right out of that. that oh, I, because, well, another <laughs> thing that I think, yes, you're right. They, they're paying more than ever for their their employees. I mean, both uh, the employees say if it's a convenience store, the minimum wage has gone up several times over the last few years. And even for the, the drivers, I'm sure the people who are driving the fuel delivery vehicles are getting paid, I would think, quite a bit more than they were five years ago. So those are all factors. The other thing is, and this was pointed out to me too by someone who was just speaking on background, that he said, well, say this station, he pointed to a particular station that I, I've noticed has gas prices that seem to be on the highish side, say around the triple C's. Say this station, prices tend to be high. There are a couple things. One, it, it does fairly low volume. But the other thing, too, is at this particular location, the property taxes are very high compared to a lot of other locations in Broome County. And we, we also... Yeah. So, so they figure in so many things. I mean, cost of doing business, that includes property taxes, um, cost of employees, uh, and a few other things. I mean, everything is figured in. And then they also figure in competition. Because, oh, no because if you see, and I know people have seen this, we even reported um, a few months ago, there was a little gas war similar to what used to happen decades ago there was for a short time a gas war for a week or two in endwell on watson boulevard you had two stations a block apart competing basically for the same same customers so for some reason and i can't remember actually i think i remember who started it um they suddenly lowered their prices i can't remember if it was 30 cents or 35 cents a gallon and before you know it the people half a block away followed suit. And I, I, t I do talk to the, the employees. They say, look, the main thing is all stations, all stations always and forever, always monitor each other's prices. And so, yeah, and, and, and let's, let's face it. Yeah. And it's it, gas, gasoline, I think is the most price sensitive commodity that, that we do because Let's face it, we go to a food store or any other store or restaurants, eh, prices might be on a menu. Sometimes um, they're on, if you go to a, a drive-up window, you see a price. A lot of these places are, are even trying to, I won't say hide their prices, but they, they make it difficult. So say if the price of some kind of burger that people used to get, say, for... I'm old enough to remember when this particular burger sold for 59 cents. So today, if the same burger is being sold for 4.99, you know, for some reason we're far more willing to pay that. But if gasoline goes up three cents a gallon, uh, it infuriates us. And the one thing is that at virtually every gas station, the price is right there in, in giant uh, numerals these days brighter than ever at most stations with um, with the uh, LED or the whatever kind of lights they're using displays. So, you know, if if everything else that we bought had prices that were that obvious, we'd be griping about those prices going up too. Hey, my my cousin called me last night from South Carolina. She says, "How much is your gas up in New York?" And I told her, "It's stuck at about three eighty nine, three eighty five a gallon here forever." 
She's on a horse. This went to 275. I mean, I, I just don't understand that, you know? Well. Oh, and, and one last thing. Yeah. I finally got to see what you look like. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Scott Messina posted the picture. It was nothing like what I thought. Um, Scott Messina posted a picture of you, and I pictured you like as a tall, skinny guy with black hair and glasses. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it, it totally blew my life. I finally got to see who, what you look like. After 20 years of listening to you, ah, I got well, what you look like. There you go. <laughs> then. Hope, hope that didn't adversely affect your enjoyment of, of the program. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. Bob, thank you so much. Hey, thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, speaking of Scott Sassina, glad that he mentioned that. Now, the reality is we had a great, great conversation with Scott Sassina. Let's see. <laughs> I think it was about a month ago. Let me look to see the date. So here's here's the truth. Because I know you can handle the truth. When was Scott on? Hmm. Oh, he was on um, September 27th. So it's been nearly almost a full month. So, and we had a great discussion. And we talked about a lot of things. And it was a fun segment. And I really, really enjoyed my chat with Scott Sassina. So what I did tell him, and I, I don't know if I mentioned it on the air. Could have. But I told him at some point uh, this conversation that we had here on Binghamton Now will be posted on WNBF.com. Well, actually, I think it is on the podcast section, but what I meant was at some point it'll show up as a separate feature at WNBF.com. And that still is the plan. But I know Scott probably has wondered... Well, it's been a month. <laughs> it's been nearly a month. Where is it? Uh, so it, we will say that, yes, it will. It definitely will be on uh, WNBF.com at some point. The thing is, every about every time that I get set to prepare the Scott Cecina interview for our website, then I get distracted by some kind of breaking news and... That's just, as they say, it's just the way it is. Um, so at some point, it will. I mean, it's, don't worry, I didn't erase the tapes. Wait, hold on. All right, I was just looking. I, I think, let me just, I do think it's on our podcast section. Hold on. Let me just, yeah, it's, it's there. If you look for it, it's, it's in the on-demand section, so it is there if you were looking for it. But at some point for um, Scott Sassina, for his family, friends, and fans, uh, the conversation that we had a month ago is, is going to wind up on uh, WNBF.com. I, I have no doubt. I have absolutely no doubt, but... Takes time. Takes time. It'll still still be fun. This is Thursday morning, WNBF Live. As far as gas prices, I know. Yeah, they are too high. But as I referenced in our conversation, there are a lot of factors. A lot of factors that go in to 
the posted price at the pump. So, and in in reality, do do I think anybody from <laughs> the companies will ever? Wouldn't it be great to have like the three the three people who control gas prices in Broome County have them here in the studio and take phone calls? That'd be great. But the odds of that happening is better chance of of the guy from the cable company coming into the studio to answer questions or the guy from the newspaper coming into the studio to ask questions. If you noticed over the years, all these businesses could be, well, any business, any business, these companies that used to be just your friends and folksy and your neighbors and would send people over to a radio station to answer questions from average viewers. <laughs> they don't do that anymore. They don't, they don't really want to answer anyone's questions. Yeah. But we're here though in, in the event somebody wants to stop by the studio and take phone calls. I don't care what business you're in. Restaurant business, um, what other businesses? Um, hot dogs, if you sell hot dogs or, or speedies. If you want to uh, come in and, be grilled live on the radio and take listener questions. People would be impressed. People would be shocked. Wait, you're a business operator and you're willing to take questions from your customers. Wow. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. We sell the ultimate driving machine at Galt BMW. Every weekday morning, let's return to the phone lines. 607-772-1290, Vinny in Binghamton. Hey, good morning, Bob. I I wanted to um, talk about the House vote. See, they have, we have a new speaker. Um, this Mike Johnson, you know, I, I, I take the approach. My personal opinion is I'll take the, the approach of uh, what uh, Congressman... Um, Jim Claiborne said, you know, we're going to, let's give him a chance. Let's see what happens. And, uh, you know, cause we, we've got a lot on the plate, but, uh, you know, everything that I've heard is, um, you're not out of the woods yet. This, this, when you see him speaking, it was funny. I was watching MSNBC the other day, yesterday, and it shows him after he's talking and, um, 
There's people around him. First, I didn't realize there wasn't any mega people around him. I didn't see Getz or Marjorie Green around him behind. You know, so that's a good sign. Yeah, I didn't that's see that. That's a great that, sign. Actually, so- listen to this, and I want to play something that was called to my attention. Listen carefully. I'm glad a listener actually uh, notified me about this because I uh, I was unaware but Tom wrote, hi, Bob, thought I would share this before the show. So Tom sent this uh, actually about 830 this morning. I am quite certain that you are not a fair, uh, not a fan of anything Bannon. But this interview reveals some very interesting local news. According to Matt Gates, our congressman, Mr. Molinero, was a spark to move Speaker Wilson's nomination and election. After Republican conference met regarding the Emmers withdrawal, Molinero initiated the roll call poll for Mike Wilson. And uh, according to Tom's note, Molinero pressed on correctly and legally. A nomination was polled. Only opponent was McCarthy. And um, Tom says in his notes, I thought this would be good a good bit of info for uh, audience now. And so I looked this up online, and this is from the insanely popular War Room podcast with the legendary Steve Bannon as host. And the guest who was speaking about 30 minutes into this episode was the um, very well-known Republican congressman from Florida, Matt Gates. So listen carefully to what Matt Gates said. I'm just going to play an excerpt. This is from the War Room podcast hosted by our good friend Steve Bannon. So as Emmer is withdrawing, Mark Molinaro, a moderate New York freshman Republican, stands up at the microphone and says, well, instead of restarting this process and having a candidate forum and sending everybody home for a good cry, Let's just take a non-binding poll on where people would be on the person who came in second to Tom Emmer, and that was Mike Johnson. And Elise Stefanik said, well, that's against the rules. The, the rules don't contemplate it. We can't do that. And brilliantly, Mark Molinaro says, then I move for unanimous consent that the rules be waived and we take a poll on whether or not Mike Johnson uh, could be our speaker nominee. And guess who objects to that unanimous consent request? Kevin McCarthy. Who was that? Kevin McCarthy stands up oh, and come erupts on. and says, I object to doing a roll call on Mike Johnson. And Mike- All right. Two of my favorite people in the world. Again, Congressman uh, Gates from Florida and the host Steve Bannon uh, on his uh, podcast. So what do you think of that? You know, it, like I said before, I said a couple weeks ago about these so-called moderate um, uh, Republicans. There's no such thing. You know, these, these guys, you know, if you want this guy, uh, an election denier, listen, listen, he can talk all he wants. But here's the, the thing, Bible. Vinny, 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 Vinny. Yeah. Here's, uh-huh. here's the, sometimes I have to say, let's get real. Because, yep. look, this had been dragging on for three weeks. The nation mm-hmm. and the world, to be honest with you, just can't, can't wait forever for House Republicans to find someone to be speaker who's not an election denier. The sad reality at this moment in time 
as far as I can tell, the only person who was going to wind up with enough Republican votes to be the next speaker was going to have to be an election denier. And I, I suspect that's the conclusion that Marcus Molinero came to, along with some other Republicans. Hey, we don't like election deniers, and we understand that the future of the grand old party, if there's going to be a future, is to get away from this. But for the time being, we can't just have the business of the people on hold while we continue to be more divided than even the Democrats. I mean, that you, you have to admit, well, Vinny, it's, it's pretty well, special no. to see in Washington the Republicans in the House even more divided than the Democrats in the House. Well, you know, Bob, it, that's true. But, you know, you, you got to remember this, too. This guy is on a short leash, a very short leash. His leash is shorter than McCarthy's. They still have that one vote. If that right-wing wackos, if they don't like what he does, they'll do the one vote, and he's gone. So you wait. He's like, oh, you know, I want, we got work to do. That Okay, you got a um, something coming up November 17th where we got to talk about this debt ceiling. If they hold it up, let's see if he can get these these uh, uh, Matt Getz and Marjorie Greens. Let's see if he can work with these people and get them to come over on the other side. Let's let's see him do these things. Let's see him try to cut things. Okay, this is a whole new world. He's never had to do this before, and that's you know, hey, that that's just how it is. But sooner or later, we're going to see how straight he can keep these people. And I don't think he can do it. Well, he probably can't. But again, he didn't make the rule, and Republicans. Ultimately, Republicans, I think, and maybe they can't do it for the next um, 14 months. I think Republicans ultimately are going to have to change that rule. That that rule was put in there uh, after so much time wasted before Kevin McCarthy was finally chosen. That was the only way McCarthy was going to be chosen is if that clause was there so any member of the House could call for a vote to try to oust him, well, how can any leader in Congress really work under those circumstances? Because at some point, there's always going to be at least one person in your delegate, one person in, in your um, caucus, your party caucus, who's, who's going to say, oh, I don't like what you're doing. I'm going to call for a flash vote to see if we can fire you as the leader. Yeah. Yeah. So that's ultimately, yes, it would have been uh, to everyone's advantage, Republicans, Democrats, and especially Americans, to get rid of this situation where the Speaker of the House is always going to be hanging on sort of by a thread and have to always tiptoe around the more fringe members of of his party. So it's, yes, it's... Uh, it, for all we know, we could be uh, weeks, days, or, or hours away from from a vote and somebody trying to to oust him too. It's it's far from an ideal situation. Well, well I think the funny part too, Bob, is uh, the Republican Party and how they've gone after the Democratic Party. Oh, you know, it's it's all those uh, left wing left wingers are running that party. Oh, it's AOC. She's running the party. Well, look, oh, look, the, the antics over the last month make the squad look look positively exactly. enjoyable.
Yeah, so what this has shown is Mega is running the party now. Mega is running the party. You guys didn't have the moderates. You didn't have any backbone. And the Mega has the Matt Gats. I saw him yesterday, Bob. Oh, he had his Ray-Bans on, and he's he's up there uh, at the at the um, talking. And, and No, he wasn't talking. He was sitting there listening, so the camera was on him. And then you'll never guess who I saw on, the, on, on there also was uh, Claudia Tinney. She she grabbed him and she they took a two pictures together and stuff like that. Oh my god! Of course, they're all characters. <laughs> I'm serious. Every one of them, in my opinion, and this is not necessarily a criticism, but I'll say every member of Congress, members of the House as well as the U.S. Senate, every member of Congress is they're they're performing. It's per- political. Yeah. Uh, performance art they're they're performing as characters and it's it's a a twisted reality show c-span ought to call the the guy who uh what do they call it survivors the kid who who did survivors for cbs have him just package the uh the house and senate coverage like a reality show because these are all characters they they all in in my opinion, and I know this is a very broad brush, so Marcus uh-huh. Molinero and Chuck Schumer and Kirsten Gillibrand don't don't get mad when you hear me say this. In my opinion, as a general rule, they're in it primarily for themselves, and primarily they're in it to preserve their job. Once you get elected to Congress, you don't want to leave ever, and that's why. We've had scenarios where some people don't know when to leave because why would you? I yeah. admit, if yeah. I if I got elected to the House or, heaven forbid, I was elected to the U.S. Senate representing the great state of Alaska, I would never leave willingly. Uh, you know, it's it's too much fun, too much fun, too much money, too much power. Uh, call into talk shows and and offer opinions as though your opinion was somehow better than anyone else's. Of course, they're not going to leave. And of course, whether it's Matt Gates, Claudia Tenney, Marcus Molinero, they're having so much fun. Schumer, Gillibrand, and I could name more names, but on the other hand. That would waste valuable airtime. They're all having so much fun with the most expensive reality show in the world. We pay the price. We pay the price. And now we're just, what, less than a month away from another threat of a government shutdown. This is America. And I'm Bob Joseph on WNBF. Welcome to the human race. <laughs> Binghamton now, WNBM. Welcome to the human race. 
enjoy the innocence and grace. <laughs> you with your innocence and grace. Restore some pride and dignity to a world in decline. 10.49, Val in Binghamton, you're on the air. Good morning. I wanted to talk about the Kirkwood River Park that um, one of the first callers talked about that was on Action News. That's a wonderful park. Um, I've been there several times. It's not too far from me. They also had concerts every week this summer, concerts in the park like Atzeningo did, but you can drive right down and you can go right by the water and they have a gazebo, tennis courts, a couple ball fields. And the landscaping there is impeccable. Even before they put this new playground in, that is a beautiful park. And a while back, I almost called in about it, but I didn't. Remember when we were kind of throwing around the WNBF get-together? That would be an excellent place to have it. Excellent. Oh, yeah, that would be great. If you've never been there, you should really check it out. If you went from the highway, it's right off exit one. Or if you go the back roads, it's, you know, off Conklin Road. All right. Well, maybe I'll Uh, call uh, Action News and and ask them to give me directions. It's, uh, yeah, it's a very, very nice park. Actually, I know a guy who works up at Action News. I'll ask him if we could go out. It's going to be a nice day. Maybe we'll go out and have uh, coffee over at the park. Why not? Talk news. Yeah, it's a, it's a great place. Right. Um, well, maybe, then, well, maybe, or Jim Emke from News Channel Thirty Four. Maybe he'd like to go out. We could have coffee and talk about the news. Yeah, you'll be impressed. Trust me, it's All right. it's gorgeous there. Um, and then the caller before last was saying that he never he had an envision of what you looked like, and before he saw you, he said tall, dark hair, thin. If that's kind of funny because before I knew who you were, I kind of envisioned you like a young Robert Taylor from like the movies from the 30s and the 40s. <laughs> Isn't that funny? No, I thought the same thing that this guy thought. Somebody said <laughs> that they thought that I looked like Nicolas Cage uh, a few years ago. Not anymore, but we'll say um, we'll say about 10 years ago, some people were saying, you know, you look like Nicolas Cage. And I said... Well, I don't know no. if that's good or bad. No, that's not, no. But anyhow, it is unusual how you envision someone just from oh, yeah. their voice. I remember the yeah. first time I saw Paul Harvey. You know, I had listened oh. to Paul Harvey news on the radio since I was a kid. And then one time I saw him on TV and I got scared. I said, Mom, is that really <laughs> the Paul Harvey? And she said, Bobby, it is. I'm sorry. I tried to shield funny? you from from the real image of Paul Harvey. And then I said, good day. <laughs> yeah, it's my, my regular mom, unfortunately, color, so. yeah. Well, I appreciate it. Well, keep an eye out for things. Maybe I'll go to that park and uh, see who's there. Maybe I'll just, yeah, it's, it's going to be a nice day today. Maybe I'll just hang out at the park um, and have um I'll bring um, one of those, what are they, like the 56-ounce cups of coffee. Yep, there you go. All Take right. the back roads, though. Don't go the highway. Take the back roads. It'll be much prettier. All right, that's absolutely right. Thank you. You betcha. 1053, Bob Joseph, on your side.
I know people say, wait, are you serious? And I say, no, I'm not serious. This is WNBF. Serious? Don't listen to that. No, I'm not serious. I'm Bob Joseph on WNBF 92.1 FM and 1290 AM. And, of course, on the WNBF app. But people are shocked when they say, wait, you do a talk show, but before the talk show and then after the talk show, you're out driving around the community, talking with people and asking questions and trying to report the news. And I say, yeah, what's wrong with that? They say, it shouldn't be done. It shouldn't be done. Why, in this age of consolidation and cutting back on news, why are you actually going out and talking with people? Why don't you just rely on the Internet and the book face and all those platforms, the X? Mostly sunny today, 75. Cloudy tonight, 56. Sunny tomorrow, 75. Right now, in downtown Binghamton, it's 59 at WNBF. Paul and Vestal, you're on the air. Hi, I was uh, just listening earlier about the price of gas. Last week, I took a trip to Ithaca, went through Owego, and uh, that that previous caller was correct. I was pleasantly shocked that once I got to the other end of Owego and it was going out at 38, gas on two stations was 343. And uh, and you go into a if you go into a Wego, it gets a little bit more expensive. Just as you're going out of a Wego towards Broome County, three seventy eight, and uh, it, just in a, even in a Wego, just right in the immediate a Wego area, the gas price varies significantly. And let me just add this too. Uh, I also go down to uh, out of Vestal on uh, six twenty six, which turns into two sixty. Hey, we're uh, sorry, we've got the news coming up. Out of time, you can call back after the news if you want. Talk more about gas or other things on WNBF, where news breaks first. News Radio twelve ninety WNBF. This is News Radio 1290 WNBF News. Mostly sunny today, high near 75. Mostly cloudy tonight, low around 56. Friday will be sunny with a high again near 75. A Binghamton man is in custody on kidnapping, contempt, and other charges after an extensive cross-county pursuit and manhunt entered in Tompkins County on Wednesday. Tuesday around 6 p.m., Broome County Sheriff's deputies and New York State Police responded to a domestic disturbance in Whitney Point involving a man and a woman who reportedly left the scene in a U-Haul moving van prior to the arrival of patrols. While en route to the scene, a responding Broome Sheriff's deputy observed a U-Haul van matching the reported description traveling south on Route 12 in the town of Shenango. The deputy also recognized one of the individuals inside the van as Christopher Borges of Binghamton, who was known to have pending robbery charges from the city of Binghamton police. 
The deputy attempted to perform a traffic stop, but the driver failed to comply. The chase ended in Tompkins County when the vehicle ran out of fuel, driving off the roadway and over an embankment before finally coming to a stop in a wooded field near Route 79 in Deerfield Lane, west of Slaterville Springs. A passenger was taken into, taken into custody at the site of the stopped U-Haul by Broom and Tompkins Sheriff's deputies, but Borges fled into the surrounding wood line. Around 10 a.m. on Wednesday, a community member notified the Tompkins County Sheriff's Office of a possible sighting of Borges in a dense, swampy area near the abandoned U-Haul van. Tompkins Sheriff's deputies subsequently took Borges into custody without incident. Traffic counts indicate several hundred people a week are using the new Route 434 Greenway. The two-and-a-half-mile shared-use pathway between Washington Street in Binghamton and Murray Hill Road in Vestal opened in early August. The Binghamton Metropolitan Transportation Study has been tracking Greenway use since the construction barricades were removed. Counters are set up at various points of the route to indicate how many people are using the $25.4 million greenway on foot and by bike. The highest number of users recorded in a single day was 550. That was on September 3rd, the day before Labor Day. The agency will continue to track numbers in the coming months to determine whether the use will rise compared to the first few months of operation. A chart provided by BMTS shows dramatic differences in use so far this month with a high of 340 on October 1 to a low of 57 on October 14. BMTS has installed 13 bicycle, bicyclist and pedestrian counters across the Greenway Trail System in Broome and Tioga Counties. The long-established Vestal Rail Trail now averages more than 100 bicyclists and 500 pedestrians daily. Donald Trump was slapped with a $10,000 fine for violating a gag order after he was unexpectedly called to the witness stand in his New York fraud trial. Wednesday's courtroom drama previews the tensions mounting between Trump's competing legal and political interests as he vies for the Republican presidential nomination while facing a litany of criminal and civil cases. It also underscores how efforts to hold Trump accountable are testing the legal system in unprecedented ways as judges struggle with how to rein in the former president's inflammatory rhetoric while balancing the free speech rights of a political candidate. John Jeromek Jr., formerly of Franklin, appeared in Delaware County Court on Monday and was sentenced to a total of 10 years in state prison to be followed by 10 years of post-release supervision. The defendant had previously pled guilty to two counts of criminal sexual act in the second degree, Class D violent felonies, in August 25th of 2023. As part of his guilty plea, Jerome admitted to sexually abusing a minor child in full satisfaction of a multi-count indictment that alleged sexual abuse against two separate children. Due to the nature of the case, the details of the case and identities of the victims are not being disclosed. On Monday, the defendant appeared for sentencing. Several members of the victim's families either made statements to the court or submitted written victim impact statements. Jerome also made a statement. He was sentenced to a total of 10 years of incarceration to be followed by 10 years of post-release supervision. The court also issued orders of protection in favor of the two children for the next 13 years. 
The defendant will be mandated to register as a sex offender upon being released from prison. That's a look at news. For updates on local news, weather, sports, and features, open up the WNBF app and online at WNBF.com. This is News Radio 1290, WNBF. News Radio 1290, WNBF. And away we go, another big hour on the radio with... Bob Joseph, 607-772-1290. Audience participation is important, so if you'd like to participate, I encourage you to do so today on WNBF. So hold my hand, I'll walk with you, my dear. The stars creak as you sleep, it's keeping me awake. It's the house telling you to close your eyes. And Sundays I cave in, trust myself. It's killing me to see this way. Cause though the truth may not be this, shit will carry on for these days to Hey! Hey, you. <laughs> How rude is that? Hey. What did the horse eat when he ran out of chocolate chip cookies? Yeah. Hey. Hey. All right. Enough. Are the writers still on strike? Time for the writers to come back. <laughs> Shouldn't have to use this inferior material. Thursday morning, October 26th, and I'm here till noon. Dan Bongino, noon to three. Sean Hannity, three to six. Mark Levin from six to nine. And there you have it. The most powerful lineup in the history of talk radio right here. And we started every morning with Binghamton Now. One of the nicest uh, local websites that I've seen in quite a while is called WNBF.com. And, of course, I say that because I work here. But still, when I look at some of the stories, including many of the stories that I write, I think these are, these are actually quite interesting. I often had wondered, gee, what are they going to use that old shenanigans space for? You know, the shenanigans, where they used to have shenanigans uh, for... I think a couple of decades over on the east side. Well, we found out. I went over. Uh, some guys were over there working. Had a good conversation with the guys who are renovating the place. And so the old shenanigans. I thought, oh, well, if it used to be um, a nightclub or a restaurant or a tavern, then maybe that's what they're going to do with it now. And it turns out nothing could be further from the truth. So if you want to see all the... Shocking details. Look on our website, WNBF.com, for the new use plan for the old shenanigans bar. Binghamton Seaside, WNBF.com. Replete with pictures. <laughs> Replete with pictures. All right, let's take a call. Hi, WNBF, you're on the air. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? J-O-H-N, Binghamton. B-I-N-G-H-A-M-T-O-N. B-I-N-G-O, bingo was its name. Oh, what's on your mind, John? Well, uh, yesterday I attended a meeting at Broome County, a, a board of acquisition and contract. Uh, 
this uh, essentially approves the bids. Uh, three members, three members of the board. Uh, one is Michael Ponticello. Is that it? Pon- uh, he's appointed by Jason Garner. Yeah, Deputy County Executive. Yeah. And Michael Tanzini, who was with the Broome County Legislature, former 34. I was going to say, News Channel 34. I remember Michael back when he uh, was in, in the high-profile, highly-paid world of journalism. And... Uh, the third member is the currently the assistant DPW, uh, or the acting head of DPW, I guess. So they each have a vote, and they go through these expenditures. Now, uh, there's uh, several alarming things have occurred. I have a video of it. Number one, the whole Cavalier thing, where they were just they were just saying yes to everything. You know, there there was no. Uh, Roll call the vote. No, no. You know, eyes have it, nays have it. Three. Eight. There was no attendance taken. You know, for the record. And uh, about five or six department heads were also in present in the personal and uh, in person in the meeting. But they went down these uh, lists, and uh, I asked where the vote tallies were, and they say, "Well, they'll be in the minutes." Well, the only problem was the minutes of that meeting came out yesterday, and there was no vote tally. Uh, there was also a proxy voter. Think about that. Yeah, I'm looking at the minutes now. I don't see any vote tally. Yeah. Uh, uh, Michael Ponticello, who was in the building, I saw him. He went into the executive suite, you know, 10 minutes before, sent somebody, another county department head, to vote in his place. <laughs> So uh, this, uh, according to Albany, is not kosher at all. You know, I mean, you you can't send anybody just because, you you know, it's a a routine meeting or he viewed it as beneath him. You can't send somebody else in to vote. And the the chairman of this uh, Board of Acquisition Contract is Michael Tanzini. And he should have stopped the meeting. You know, we can't have this. And uh, the meeting... The yesterday's meeting minutes reflect that, that they, they have this uh, lady, uh, St. Germain or something, says... Yeah, uh, Jane St. Amour, uh, yeah, director yeah. of the Office of Management and Budget. I don't believe yeah. I have met her yet, but... Yeah, yeah and it says for Michael Ponticelli. Right, so, right. <laughs> <Well>. So, <clears throat> 100% unlawful. I've asked the county attorney to declare uh, the meeting a nullity and uh, go back and do it properly. But this is – and by the way, you know, when I asked a few questions after the meeting was adjourned, suddenly a county security agent, the same one that hauled me away last week, <laughs> was there. So this thing, this thing is getting ridiculous. But let me tell you <clears throat> something about professional law enforcement uh, versus – of what's going on at Broome County. I sent, I went out of my way to send the director of security a letter, an email, and just asking him to meet with him, let's get this, I'm not going away, so let's get this straightened out. And it really revolved around me not being able to go back to my chair during the meeting. I was hauled out of that meeting, even though my three minutes weren't up. At the, uh, okay, they could haul me away uh, on the order of the chairman, but they, they, they can't throw me out of the building because I was creating no disturbance. Uh, 
so anyway, I asked to get together with him, and he, he, he didn't respond. Now, when I made an inquiry of the Vestal Police Department, and uh, I, I, the, the, the chief got back to me, you know, so. Really? Uh, the Vestal Police Chief responded? Uh, on the on the first incident okay. uh, with Vestal, yeah, I mean, I I I said, look, I'm I'm considering going uh, uh, filing a complaint on this, and I said, uh, I personally would re- prefer to go to the state police. How would you feel about it? You know, I just give him a heads up. You know, well, and he, he and said, well, you know, we could come in there. I could come in there and. and, and did you ever a- meet with him? Uh, no, but I, I I didn't. I saw him at the school board meeting. Uh, uh, Vestal School Board meeting. I, I didn't. We didn't have an interchange because I left. Uh, but yeah, uh, no. I mean, so I, I, you know, there's no reason to turn these things into urination matches. You know, uh, it's clear. I mean, what's clear is this: Dan Reynolds was covering for Jason Garner at that meeting, and uh, the the police department continue. And uh, John Shaver continued to cover for Stephen Donnelly. Well, that's fine. They can do whatever they want to do. But I I really think that, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's embarrassing to me that these people are. But see, what they resent about me is they're not doing their job. They're not doing these jobs properly, and I'm calling on it. I'm calling them out on it. All right. Just be careful. Just be careful. It's all I say. Be careful. Okay. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out and be careful today. <laughs> well, especially today, it's summer like. Don't want anything bad to happen. Summer like days, we have two or three decent days. So I I advise caution for all. Six zero seven 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 two twelve ninety. Always be careful in everything you do. Coming up, we'll have a look at the weather forecast. Somebody pointed out, gee, Bob, you don't offer the weather forecast very often. Do you not think much of the weather? When, in fact, nothing could be further from the truth. Coming up on WNBF, your official weather forecast. We will give you the full forecast because you can handle the truth. We'll give you the forecast all the way through next Sunday for your planning purposes. On News Radio, WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, streaming at WNBF.com. From the Galt Auto Studios, this is WNBF News Radio AM 1290. Also available at 92.1 FM. Save in a big way at Galt Chevrolet. WNBF, as promised, because you need the weather, you crave the weather, you live for the weather. 
Mostly sunny this afternoon, 75. Partly cloudy tonight, 56. Sunny tomorrow, 75. And then the all-important weekend. It's not going to be a washout. Partly sunny Saturday with a chance of showers in the afternoon, 73. Showers on Sunday, 58. But it's not going to be a washout. 62 right now in downtown Binghamton. And because you want it, we give it to you in the Celsius form. 17 Celsius. Someday, the world will convert to metric. In the meantime, WNBF is a voice of reason in a weather world gone mad. 17 Celsius. Let's see. Oh, WNBF.com. We mentioned one of the stories. Here's a good one. Here's a story about evil in Otsego County. Uh, go check it out. WNBF.com. Evil in Otsego County. With a story from Josh Taylor. Or, if you'd like something closer to home, take a look at this. The first numbers have uh, emerged about the Greenway. Because for years and years, when the Route 434 Greenway was the topic of discussion, for years when it was being debated and some people wanted to take the state to court, you remember that, the gnashing of teeth and people... Well, we don't want a greenway. It's going to be too green. And whose way anyway? So, okay, so for over a decade, we, we put up with the, the naysayers, the nattering nabobs of pessimism. And so people said, well, even if you build it, nobody's going to use it. Well, it turns out they went and built it. And they spent... I guess, more than $25 million. Who knows ultimately what the final cost was. I'm sure we could obtain that with a freedom of information request, but we don't have that kind of time. So $25, $26 million, whatever. So I thought to myself, well, let's find out how many people are, are really using it. There have to be numbers. So, of course, the first place I called was the DOT. <laughs> that was. I know you're saying, why would you call them? How would they know? And that was a good point. I was told, effectively, uh, don't call us because we don't have the numbers. <clears throat> we don't have the numbers. And so they told me who to call, and I now have numbers about how many people are using the, the Route 434 Greenway. And I, I find it fascinating. I, and I want to thank, really, I'm um, appreciative to the folks at BMTS, Binghamton Metropolitan Transportation Study, Jennifer Yankowski, and the staff. Thank you for getting the numbers. So now I have a sense that actually quite a few people in the first few months, are using the Greenway. Now, the good news is there's no danger of traffic jams on the Greenway, but the numbers are very interesting. You see the first numbers. Now, you may recall going back to August, there was no big 
fireworks show. Uh, the governor didn't show up. The president didn't show up uh, to announce the opening of the Greenway. In fact, they opened up the Greenway uh, without any fanfare initially. They took down the barricades uh, one Friday afternoon, and voila, it was open. And that happened on a Friday afternoon in August. I think it was the first Friday of August. And so for several days, I guess for over a week, there was no official announcement. We did run a story letting people know that the barricades were gone and you were free to use the Greenway. And then finally, they had... Um, they called it the opening event. The opening event for the Greenway. So that was August 15th. So for the first several days, for the first 10 days or 12 days in August, the use was very light because most people, unless they heard about it on WNBF, didn't realize you could use it. So the numbers initially were quite light. But then the public announcement was made and they had a, a photo op for those who weren't camera shy and so yeah the number of people using it started to increase so I'm looking say in, in August one of the things that was interesting too is how the usage increased when the students got back into Binghamton so the students returned to town around August 19th for fall semester classes, and about that point, you start to see a notable increase in the number of pedestrians and bicyclists using the Greenway. So that makes sense. So during August, the use numbers, eh, some days about 150, and um, some days 250 or 320, Finally, at the end of August, biggest day for the Greenway in August was the last day of the month, and that was 431, according to the counter. They have multiple counters, but according to one counter uh, near the city line, it was 431, mostly, mostly uh, pedestrians, but some bicyclists too. And then you look... And the, the numbers vary during September. The biggest day so far for the Greenway, according to the numbers with the counter near the city line, the biggest day was on the Sunday, right before Labor Day, 550. So that's actually quite a few people. 439 pedestrians and 111 bicyclists, so... Just on that one day alone, several hundred people used the Greenway. Now, if you look into October with the latest numbers, uh, numbers are all over the place. On nice days, it turns out quite a few people use the Greenway. And then on days when the weather is poor, if it's rainy or nasty, the usage, as you would expect, goes way down. But when it's nice, a lot of people are walking or jogging or biking along the Greenway in Binghamton and Vestal. So, and we did a short story. We didn't go into 
dramatic detail about the numbers, but just just the first few numbers, because I know people were saying, well, I I know they're going to build it, even though we don't want a greenway. We hate greenways. And then people would say, and nobody will use it. Well, it turns out quite a few people are. Now, interestingly to me, the uh, city, the city and the town of Vestal, so the city of Binghamton, town of Vestal and Broome County and New York State, to the best of my knowledge, they have done exactly zero to promote the Greenway. And I don't know about Binghamton University, uh, obviously. They're a world unto themselves, so who knows what they're doing. If they're promoting it, seems like they should. But I would think if the state spent 25 or $26 million to build the Greenway, I would think they would try to promote it. Just a thought. Why not? You know, would, would it be that difficult? Could you set, make a, a public service announcement? Hi, this is Kathy Hochul. Hope you like my new Greenway between Murray Hill Road and Washington Street. Now, obviously, it would sound different using AI, but um, why not promote it? I think the philosophy may be uh, you build it and they will come. Well, obviously, some people discovered it. It's not like it's hidden, but personally, if, if I were in charge of the Greenway, if I were the Greenways are, I would start doing more to promote it. What about the mayor? I don't know if the mayor and the town supervisor, if they ride bikes, but they could. Or they could go out and, and walk along the Greenway, a photo op. you imagine the mayor of Binghamton and the Vestal Town Supervisor and the Broome County Executive and maybe a member of the State Assembly or even a state senator or even the governor? What a photo op that would be if they were skipping and jogging along the, the greenway. That, what a, a picture of unity that would be. And it would cost next to nothing to do. And you would promote a, a great new feature for Broome County. Promote the greenway. Why not? Or maybe they'd rather keep it a secret. Anyway, more details on our website about the new greenway, some of the preliminary numbers, early numbers about the usage. WNBF.com. We're here to serve you, America. Eleven thirty-six. Bob Joseph live. WNBF DJ in Binghamton. You're on the air. Hey, good morning, Bob. I don't know if you guys know about the the wonder drug. Seven proven scientific ways. Uh, that doing, you know, good things for people help you. So I want to do a good thing today real quick. I saw on Facebook that the Johnson City Police, uh, Wegmans actually, Wegmans has found a lot of jewelry. I don't know about a lot, but they found jewelry throughout the months of August and September. So if you or anyone you know, spread the word. If you've lost any jewelry at Wegmans, call the Johnson City Police Department. They have it. And I think all the police departments and uh, should do this. It's a 
It's a good deed that shall bless the community, Bob. What do you think about that? Well, I'm sure local police departments are always doing the best they can to serve the community. And here's uh, a tip to all people who lose things. If you lose something, um, go to the office of the business where you might have lost it and ask them if it's been turned in. And if they don't know anything about it, provide your contact information. So if somebody turns it in, they can get in touch with you. And also, contact your local police department because law enforcement is on your side. And BTB or BTBB, back the blue, baby. Binghamton backs the blue, as does WNBF and WNBF.com. Thank you, DJ. <laughs> I couldn't have said it better myself. He hit that nail right on the head. Thank you, DJ. Let's go to Joan in Binghamton. You're on the air. Yes, hi there. I was saying um, what the totals were for August, September, October. In other words, how many per month? Hello? Right. What What do you need to know? The totals, like for August, the number that went on the Greenway, the number... Oh, uh, oh the, uh, the, the gross traffic total. count. Yeah, traffic count, whatever you want to call it. Hold yeah. on. Let me, let me punch it up. Okay. Using space-age technologies. Of course, if I'm going to use space-age technology, the question is, why am I using a Dill computer? Anyway... <laughs> Dill. It's a great computer when you want to be in a pickle. Uh, all right. So they uh, thank you to BMTS for sending me lots of charts and graphs. I have so many charts <laughs> and graphs here. So let's see. Let me page through here to give you some relevant information. Because I think there was a chart here. I'm just trying to figure out how much is it going to cost us per person. Well, it's too early to assess that. Um, and maintenance costs, they over 10 years, what are they what are they projecting for maintenance costs? Oh, that's nothing. I mean, you always have an initial cost of some, building something, but then, you know, the maintenance costs actually a lot of times end up being a lot more expensive than No, that's the, inconsequential. I don't We have to we have to plow it. We have to have special ah, equipment plow. to plow it. We salt. Have to have, you have to plow uh, you know. and salt and patch. Clean up the trash, too. Did I mention yeah, that? Clean up the trash, yeah. That's Here's my thing. question, Joan, that nobody yeah. talks about. How come they allow so much trash to accumulate along the Greenway? How come, how come nobody will raise that on the air? Um, I don't know. I have. Oh, I was over there before they took the uh, barricades down, and it was uh, after we had a meal over at the Mexican restaurant there. And um, oh, it was noisier than hell. I mean, I wouldn't walk along that after we went at, after dinner to get a nice little pleasant walk, and it definitely wasn't a pleasant walk. <laughs> I walked along there. I thought it was pleasant, but. <sighs> I thought it was beautiful. Well, if you go into the woods, it might be. We never even yeah, got that, that Well, that far. part the part near the woods where it curves, oh. where it jogs off over to the woods, yeah. it's like well, a nature preserve. 
Yeah, we couldn't hear each other talking hardly, and you know we had a group, and you know it was oh man, this is terrible. And that's the but next thing that that little, that bit, little so. part there where it jogs yeah. off just to the west of Mark Arthur School. How long is it before some somebody claims that they were uh, harassed by a black bear? Well, I'm wondering how soon it's going to be before they're run down by uh, like an electric bike or something, which is tended to be the cops around here are saying that's the big one of the big problems that they can't do anything about. Well, and that's another question. How come they aren't required to be licensed? So these these people driving their newfangled electric bikes, mm-hmm. they can get away with anything because there's no way to trace them. You know, it's like, okay, it's it's a guy with brown hair. And a gray shirt driving an electric bike. Well, okay, so that narrows it down to about 2,000 people. But how come they don't have to have registration plates so when they go and mow someone down, or these days now in New York City, the kids on their electric bikes frequently are robbing people, like stealing mm-hmm. purses and and just creating all sorts of havoc. But the police, have you ever heard of the NYPD? Yeah. Yeah, the police, they can't do much about it because, say, somebody gets their purse or some other valuables taken. And it's like, yeah, the, the suspect drove away on an e-bike. Mm-hmm. And there's mm-hmm. no way to tell one kid's e-bike from the other 10 million e-bikes in the in the city. So that's my question, Joan. Why won't they force e-bikes to be registered so we could get a certain degree of respecting the law what about that well i assume that eventually just like with mopeds and that kind of thing you know that uh they'll catch up with it but the question i ask you joan are they waiting for someone to be killed oh sure i mean you get hit by a 65 70 pound bike going uh 20 plus miles an hour with a 150 pound rider and it's gonna hurt Remember that woman who got mowed down on the Vestal Rail Trail by some speeding bicyclist? You remember her? Uh, not specifically. Well, that's uh, what. After that, after that, the the Vestal Town Board then slapped a, a speed limit on on the rail trail for bicyclists. But it took that woman getting seriously hurt before they took action. Well, you know why? You, how do you enforce that? Radar. Radar? Really? How do they enforce any speed thing? I mean, ask Janine Pirro. How do they enforce the speed radar? Well, if you don't have a cop to give them a ticket, what's the use of having radar? Well, I support law enforcement, so I don't look at it that way of saying, well, if you don't have, it's like, say, jaywalking here in downtown Binghamton. How come they don't enforce that? Well, because, as I said, they consider that uh, a minor crime. You know, you got to get Giuliani back, uh, you know, breaking windows, you know, get them. I don't want Giuliani. No, 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 we need we need an honest mayor. Can you imagine if Binghamton's mayor was like Giuliani and telling fibs? Giuliani gets no respect anymore. Maybe when he was mayor of New York City, he didn't prevaricate so much but now look at his reputation it's it's been totally tarnished because he because he found himself to be at odds with the truth a lot of the people closest to rudy giuliani contend that his life spiraled out of control 
after he hooked up with the former guy. Well, that might be. You consider him a liar, and I don't. So, you know. It's just, I'm just uh, saying, you know, calling him a liar might be too strong. But just say sometimes he has found himself in high-profile circumstances, especially after the election, where he was unable to handle the truth. So I'm not saying um, I didn't say necessarily he lied, but I'm saying you, he, he, like millions of other Americans, could not handle the truth of the 2020 election. Can you prove that there wasn't any stuff, you know, uh, throwing away ballots, uh, redoing ballots, sending in ballots that were through the mail, et cetera, that all that was on the up and up? I don't have to. It's been Why? proven by the courts. Several dozen the courts, courts haven't proven anything. Several dozen courts were asked to look into these shocking allegations of riggery, and I believe every court basically said, "Get out of here! Stop wasting our time with this Maybe frivolous nonsense." Maybe they're lying. Well, if you don't, here's my. That what I'll say then to that, Joan. It's a big country. Yeah, it's a big country. So what I'll say to that, if you don't respect law enforcement and you don't respect the judiciary, then I guess I guess what will hope is there for America? If you don't respect our institutions. Well, the problem is, is many representatives, as you said, you said Giuliani's representative on the other side. There's a lot of judges and things that we see them. What in the heck are they talking about? You know, why take away our First Amendment rights? Why do they persecute this single person like no one else in the history of uh, the United States has ever been persecuted? Um, on and on and on. Well, as I say, if you don't respect the country, if you don't respect our cherished institutions, what hope is there? It's 1147. Bob Joseph, I respect the nation. I respect its institutions. Listening to WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, streaming at WNBF.com. This sank when I fell overboard My ship would leave the country But I'd rather swim ashore Without a life this I'd be stuck again Wish I was much more masculine Maybe then I could learn to swim Like 18 miles away Now floating up and down I spin colliding into sound Like whales beneath me diving down I'm sinking to the bottom of my everything freaks me out. The lighthouse beam is just run out. I'm cold as cold as cold can be. WNBF Live. Swim away, but don't know how. So we return to the phones. Let's go to Endicott. Kathy, you're on the air. So, um, what is this green space you speak of? The green, no the greenway. Clue. The greenway I speak of is the two and a half mile paved trail between Murray Hill Road in Vestal and Washington Street in Binghamton. It runs along uh, Route 434, the Vestal Parkway. 
Our tax dollars at work. Only $26 million. I mean, it, it only works oh. out to $10 million a mile, so it's not as though it was extravagant. Oh, a pittance. A, pit- a mere pittance. <laughs> a mere pittance. <laughs> Thank- I, I will say, between, between you, Kathy, and between you and me, I think it's the most expensive greenway ever, ever built in America. I'm sure it is <laughs> only in New only in New York. Yep, thank you. Because we've got millions. We we've have got millions. The taxpayers have deep pockets. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, yeah. I'm dragging the ground right now with my deep pockets. <laughs> my hands sticking yep. in there. Yep. Yeah. Oh, have a good day. Thanks. <laughs> we, don't worry. We we have so much money. We're going to build greenways for everyone. A greenway for you and a greenway for you. And here a greenway, there a greenway. Yeah, we go. You get a greenway. And and Appalachian and and Vestal Center. I know somebody in Vestal Center, he wants a greenway. I know someone in Whitney Point, they want a greenway. Larry and Kirkwood, you get a greenway. I really enjoyed that one. That was fun. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very, thank you very much. My pockets are full, so full they're dragging the ground. <laughs> yeah, the only thing left in our pockets now after they've managed to shake us down for every greenway on the planet, plus fixing that bridge that kept sinking. The only thing left now is some lint, lint chocolate. Mm-mm-mm. Okay, well let me start off by saying first of all, I really like Joe. She's a good gal. I agree with what she was saying. Second thing I want to say, did you forget about Hillary Clinton claiming that the 2016 election was stolen? Huh? Did you forget that? What do you mean by that? Did I forget? Yeah. Did what? You forget? What do you mean? We need to get that dog and follow follow him around, and every time they say these things, oh, 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 you know? That's a truth what dog. A why don't we? Why don't we get a truth dog? Can you imagine if you had a dog that sounded like that? Oh my gosh! Fortunately, my dogs don't sound like that. We need to get that dog and follow follow him around, and every time they say these things, oh, oh, right, oh, get oh, this idiot off the radio, please. What? You want me to leave? No, not you, her. Oh, I thought you were talking to me. <laughs> What? Honestly? Please. Okay. Okay. Third thing. Another terrible shooting. Man. Wow. That's just... That's tragic. All those poor people lost their life yesterday to that maniac. I hope they catch him soon. Are you there? Sure. Oh, okay. So, that's bad, you know. Um, I don't know what else to say about that, uh, except to say I hope they may either caught him or catch him soon because that kind of person is liable to do the same thing again, you know? So. I heard that he's still on the loose. Yeah, yeah, that's the last thing. So by now, he could be down here by now, for all I know. It's only, um, I've been up there before. It all, it's, if you get a car, a fast car, not a regular car. If you get a fast car, you could be uh, down here to, I'd say, Kirkwood probably in, in about five and a half hours. So, you know, I wouldn't, 
I don't know where he is, and there's no no reason to believe he came to um, Broome County. But what if he did? Well, and what if what if he listened to a talk show, and the talk show just aggravated him? So yeah, it's I mean we don't know. You know, the only thing we can hope now is is law enforcement will get some help from the public so they can end this madness. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay, one more right. thing. Oh. Yeah, I'm I, I I'm I'm so surprised that you've been taking the fact that uh, Hakeem Jeffries didn't get the speakership so well, Bob. Well, I, I <laughs> and am. Now we've got a, a conservative in there. Finally, I'm I'm uh, disappointed. Hakeem Jeffries didn't wind up as as ultimately a choice. I mean, ultimately, we know in 14 months. Hakeem Jeffries will be Speaker of the House. So oh, if we have yeah, to wait, right. if we have to wait till January 2025. But I said that, as I mentioned earlier on the program, the consolation is this huge picture. And right there, it's on the front page of America's best newspaper, New York Times. There's Hakeem Jeffries, giant picture of him. And I'm saying he is a Binghamton University graduate and he's on the front page and Notably, his he is featured with the American flag behind him, and then the Republican, <laughs> the Republican doesn't have the American flag behind him. The, the new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, just has a red stripe and then the gray wall. But ha- Hakeem Jeffries has the American flag behind him. So I think that picture makes... Binghamton University graduate Hakeem Jeffries look far more patriotic than the new Speaker of the House, Mike Johnson. Take a look at it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, That's yeah. Great. yeah. It's a beautiful. No, uh, you won't find me uh, looking into the New York Times. The New York Times. Times. Go out and buy a few copies. Yeah, that, that, that's the right, buddy. <laughs> Thank you. All, All right. right. Take Have care. a good day. Bye. <laughs> Go out and buy a few copies. <laughs> Send them to. Uh, the office of Hakeem Jeffries and ask if he would autograph them. He probably would. Hey, that's our program for today. Thank you so much for being with us. I appreciate it. My name's Bob Joseph. We do this every morning, Monday through Friday, from 9 to noon. I call it Binghamton Now. I'll be back tomorrow morning. Have a great afternoon. This is News Radio 1290 AM, WNBF Binghamton. Now on 92.1 FM, W221 EJ Binghamton, a town square media station.